Hello, everyone. My name is Austin Brower, and I'm extremely excited to welcome you to the first ever episode of Drip, a DC coffee podcast. I wanted to start this podcast to really dive into the coffee community in DC. Hopefully, you'll find that these episodes are deliberately curious about coffee and culture, and maybe in the end, brew a little community themselves. With that, I would like to introduce to you our first guest, Lauren Rogers, who plays a dual role within the DC coffee community. Uh, she is first uh, Caffeinate the Capitals founder and curator, which is an Instagram account that celebrates coffee and culture around the DC area. As well, she is the co-founder and co-blogger of District of Coffee, which provides refreshing and fun information about DC's coffee scene. She's used to being the one interviewing people, so I hope you enjoy her being on the other side of the table. Well, I guess kind of just to start off as well, I was really excited when you answered my email about coming on and getting yeah. an interview because when I was thinking about doing the podcast, I was searching and trying to make sure that there wasn't really a bunch of other podcasts or people doing similar things, and I ended up finding you guys, and it's like, oh, that's really neat. They're great writers. Yeah. Yeah talk about amazing things about coffee and about shops. And so to kind of come full circle when I'm actually starting to interview and getting the interview yeah. was pretty exciting. So, oh, well, thank you. That makes okay. me feel super cool. Okay, good. <laughs> like a uh, local coffee yeah. really. So thanks for coming on. Of course. And uh, we'll just start. Kind yeah. of, I'd love to hear more about your background, um, kind of what you do outside of this of coffee. Okay. And then we can move into your coffee journey and okay. go from there. Sounds good. Um, so my name's Lauren Rogers. Uh, I'm originally from Louisiana, and I moved up to D.C. a little over four years ago now to get my master's at Georgetown. Um, got my master's in conflict resolution. Yeah. I spent a little time unemployed, as some tend to do. Um, it's very hard to find a job in D.C. But um, in January 2016, I started working at a organization called Africa Faith and Justice Network. And uh, they're really small, but they've been around since 1983. And what they do is they focus on um, social justice issues in Africa, such as land grabbing and human trafficking and stuff like that, militarization, but also focusing on advocacy here in the U.S. and how to advocate for just policy between the U.S. and Africa. Um, So I am a development associate there doing fundraising and grant writing that fun stuff, but we were very small. It's only four full-time staff, so we all kind of get to do a little bit of everything. And it's a huge continent. It's a huge, 54 countries, yes. Yes, you can play a Sporkle quiz and, you know, learn where all the countries are. That's what I did when I started. Okay, did you pass? Not at first, no way. Um, Now I can tell you, I still need to do the capitals, but all of my colleagues are from the continent. Okay. So I was very much out of my element, and I've been once. I've been to Malawi in like 2009, I believe. Okay. But not much of my studies or anything have focused on the continent. So, yeah, I had to do a lot of learning, and every day is, you know, you learn something new. So, yeah. yeah. And so do you get to use conflict resolution? Um, not, not particularly in my current position. Mm-hmm. I would love to do more of, like, programming and, and work on work in that. I previously worked for an organization called 
Peace Players International. Yeah, that's um, a sweet word. Yeah, you know them? Yeah, I do. Um, and I just love the idea of like unique methods of conflict resolution. Yeah. So they use basketball and sports with young people in Palestine, um, Palestine, Israel, Cyprus, South Africa, Northern Ireland, and now here in different communities in the States. Um, and I loved working for them just... Yeah, these, these unique ideas, whether it's sports or art or anything, just how can we find this kind of common um, humanity? You know, what can we come together through and realize that we're all, you know, we're all just trying to get by. Yeah. So I would love to do more kind of programming stuff uh, that would focus, that would allow me to do some more conflict resolution. Okay. So, but I feel like I'm still young, still got time. Your coffee journey, you... Did you start that before you started grad school, or Ooh. I guess I'll just let you take away your coffee journey? No. So I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, we just got a Starbucks. Well, I don't want to say just got a Starbucks. We've had Starbucks for a little while, um, but we have one specialty coffee shop, and that opened when I was in college. So my coffee education was very kind of limited at that time. Um, my mom made Folgers every morning, and I drank Folgers every day. And now I go home and I'm like, why? <laughs> but um, I didn't really think about coffee until, and like think about specialty coffee until after grad school. So my last semester and kind of into that unemployment period, mm. I actually was working at Starbucks. Okay. And, you know, just drinking caramel macchiatos and, you know, making new batches of Peck's Place and the occasional French press, but most people just kind of want to get it and get out. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't much actually like learning about coffee. Um, but whenever I was unemployed and I was trying to, I was living with my friend and I was like, I have to get out of the house while I'm doing all this, you know, job searching. Mm-hmm. So I tried to like hit up different coffee shops. So I went to like a little red box and I went to bourbon down, um, in kind of like the Capitol Hill area just peregrine. So I tried to just, just, you know, change my scenery with the environment. And I had this idea of starting an Instagram because there's so many food Instagrams. I kind of did it. Yeah. I kind of did it as a joke, but I was just bored. So I started an Instagram account called caffeinate the capital because I really like alliteration and coffee and started that in September, 2015 that has kind of forced me to learn more about coffee, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. It's not, I shouldn't say force, but people started asking questions, you know, Oh, where's the best place to get, mm-hmm. you know, um, French press or, or how do they roast their beans or, you know, things that I had no idea what they meant. So I started going to classes, went to vigilante offers a number of classes. So Took several there, took one or two at Peregrine, and then just kind of doing my own little research. I'm still learning every single day um, new things, which is which is a lot of fun. But it just kind of it was just kind of happenstance. It wasn't like I set out on this journey. It just the journey found you exactly, exactly. Huh. And so is caffeinate at the capital mm-hmm. still here. Yes. Can I so on Instagram right now. I'm fine. Yes, you can. So it's just an Instagram account, just pictures. And what I do is I mainly share other people's pictures. I have to have their permission. So either they have to tag me or use the hashtag. 
because I don't want to steal anyone's photos, yeah. but there are way, like way better photographers out there than I am. So if they want me to share their photos, I would love to. And it also, there are just some shops that I haven't gotten around to or that are hard to get to. Mm-hmm. So to be able to feature those as well is, is really cool. So that yeah. Is really cool. Yeah. So you're still doing that and then you're also doing district of coffee. Yeah. How'd you leap from doing an Instagram account to writing a blog? Yeah. So Danielle had seen an article in Perfect Daily Grind, uh, which is, you know, an online coffee publication. It highlighted five specialty cafes in New York City. And she was like, I can do that in Washington, D.C. So she reached out to Perfect Daily Grind and they were on board. Then she reached out to me. We didn't know each other. But she said, hey, do you want to help with this? It seems like you might know a little bit of what you're talking about which I didn't, but, uh, so we met up and, and set out a game plan and we went and tried, I think at least 10 different specialty coffee shops in the area, kind of like incognito. All in one day? No, no. I was say that's not um, caffeine. Yeah, no, it was spaced out. So we chose our five specialty cafes, um, and wrote an article for Perfect Daily Grind, which was a lot of fun. And after that, we were like, that's like, let's keep on doing that. Like maybe not necessarily like underneath someone else's kind of purview because we like the idea because they, they did do some editing and it was fine. But like the idea of we have full control over what we're writing. Um, so we just decided to kind of like jump in and there wasn't anything at the time there. Someone or maybe a couple of people in the past had started something, but they weren't active for the past few years. Yeah. So we kind of saw this, this space, um, and it kind of correlated, I think, with like this huge growth in specialty coffee in DC. Now that people are aware of it, you know, they're craving information, or at least, you know, we think they are. So that's why I mean, that's yeah. why we have the blog. I read it. So yeah. So that's how the blog came to be. And we've had it for a little over a year now, and it's been good. It's been fun. And so, what were the first five shops? They were. Zeke's, The Lie Down, Peregrine, Filter, and oh my goodness, what was the last one? I'll come back to it. We'll tell you later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a surprise. Yeah. You find it out. Yes. Yes. You find that article, Specialty Cafes and DC, Perfect Daily Grind. That's that's really amazing. And I guess it kind of leads to Danielle because she's the other component of District of yeah. Coffee and she couldn't be with us because she's kind of far away. I don't know if that's a trade secret or anything. No, 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 no. Um, she's pretty, she's pretty out in her being away. Her husband's in the military and got relocated to Alaska. She started her kind of trek up north at the end of June and, and made it there in July and is starting to settle in and find different specialty cafes up there. And I think she already has a couple favorites. There might only be a couple so to choose from, but I think that she's kind of trying to find, you know, her, her coffee scene there. So, yeah. which, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And she sent me coffee from Alaska not too long ago. Roast in Alaska. Yeah. It was a Kaladi, Kaladi Brothers or just Kaladi Roasters. Huh. Yeah. So it was an Ethiopian and it's delicious. Is it named after the, the goat's club? I think, yeah, because it's like a dancing goat on the package. So, okay. yeah. So you started this this blog because you saw kind of a vacuum in the space mm-hmm. and wanted to fill it. When you started out, was your focus 
the same as it, as it is now of trying shops and talking about bakeries and new shops and coffee education? Um, I guess it, it's similar, but I mean, at the beginning it was very much trial and error. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still is trial and error. We had the, the idea of posting twice a week, which after having jobs and she has kids, it was just, we'll be lucky if we post once a week. But we want to make sure now if we're posting less that the quality is greater. But we just, we want to, and from the beginning, we just wanted to inform people of what's going on in the coffee community here. We don't do reviews. We understand that everyone has different tastes. So what I might like, you may not. But what we want to do is we want to put all the information out there. So whether that be um, a sneak peek, like we've done sneak peeks of several shops that have opened, or um, we did roasters at the month. Or just anything like that. We want to make sure, we just want to get it out there and spread the word. Even if it's only, you know, 20 people reading it. But that's 20 more people that now know about this new coffee shop. So it's a little bit of that. Um, we've also done like a, some coffee education as far as, you know, how to brew at home or how to make cold brew or um, why ground size matters. But I think our goal is to really focus on the DC coffee community yeah. and make sure that everyone knows how awesome it is. So it is awesome. It is awesome. It's so cool. I go home and I'm so bored. <laughs> and so it sounds like maybe some of the difficulties would be keeping the content consistent or not the quality because everything I've read has been extremely no, good. You. But what are some of the difficulties that we want to make sure that we are relevant that we're consistent because if we go a month without posting, people aren't going to come back and check on us. That's why we were trying to do twice a week. But again, that just got to be a little too much for now um, until this becomes like a job in itself, a paying job. But I think, yeah, just relevance and, and gaining the respect of the coffee community here because I think it's for... We want our readers to be people who are interested in the coffee scene, but we also want the people who are in the coffee scene to, to know about it and to respect us and, you know, think that, okay, they do know their stuff what they're trying and spreading, you know, good word. Yeah. So I think just trying to make sure that, like, people know about us and, and the stuff that we're putting out there is respectable and hopefully people will begin sharing it and spreading the news and all of that. And so two questions with that. Yeah. Um, do you think the coffee community does respect you? And then what's, what is the end goal of District of Coffee? That's gracious. I would like to think the coffee community respects us. You know, they, we've had people reach out to us to write um, different articles, and, and people are happy just to be featured. I, I think I go in, I still have a lot to learn. So, you know, I might go into something and, sound like a babbling idiot, but at least I'm passionate about it, you know? Like, at least I'm eager to learn. So I think, you know, there might have been a couple times where people were like, this girl doesn't know exactly what she's talking about, but hey, she's trying. So, but, you know, I think for the most part, I think that people are just excited that others are excited because, like I said, it's just been the past four or five years it's just exploded. So, yeah. And then the end goal... We just want to kind of continue doing what we're doing right now um, and get more readers. We want more interaction on the blog. You know, if someone has a tip about something or inside scoop or, you know, just says, I don't think this is relevant. Like, we want to know that. We want to hear that. We want it to be more of a conversation 
rather than us just putting information out there. So I think it would be, we would love for it to be less of a blog and more of a community, but we still have ways to go there. That's really awesome. I mean, that's, I hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I mean, that's, coffee in general brings people together. For the Absolutely. Part. So you all being able to facilitate that in whatever way is, mm-hmm. is so important to our coffee community. Yeah. Yeah. We talked to a couple people about District of Coffee and they seem to know it. Oh, and nice. Yay. <laughs> so, I think, from my perspective, you do have that respect. Good. And, uh, hopefully, it just continues to grow. Danielle does, has, did a very good job of, like, whenever she would go into a shop, letting people know who we were and, like, actually having conversations with people. I'm a little more reserved at first. So, if it, the people you talk to probably talk to Danielle. But she... So Danielle, two bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Double dotted. But, no, I, I appreciate that. That's very cool to know. Yeah. And uh, I can really empathize with the comment about going into places and maybe not knowing everything and trying to mm-hmm. keep up and let them know that you are passionate yeah. about coffee. And hopefully it doesn't make up for it, too. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, yeah. as long as you're eager and wanting, wanting to learn, you know, we're not pretending by any means that we know everything. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually better for us to be honest about what we don't know. Mm-hmm. That way we can, we can learn more. And I think that also like the people that we're writing for, they might not know a lot. And so the questions that we're asking are questions that, you know, they might be asking. So, yeah. And it's interesting. You almost have a dual audience of individuals who just drink coffee and then also cafes and roasters. Mm-hmm. And how do you balance that? We honestly haven't had much of a conversation about that. I don't know. We're just kind of like, Again, we're still, I still feel like we're very new, um, mm-hmm. even though we're just a year old and we're still in that kind of trial and error process. Yeah. Yeah, we want cafes to know about us and roasters so that they get the word out. But it's also like they already know what's going on in the coffee community for the most part. So how do we get the average Jane, you know, to know this new shop has opened up near her or that these events are going down? I don't know. We haven't intentionally thought about it, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. But it seems like you yeah. have you have roasters do articles to kind of talk about a new shop that they're opening, mm-hmm. or you'll teach somebody about why the water is so important. Yeah, I just read. And so, at least from my perspective, oh, was that the one? Like, did I use gifts? But I really like using gifts with my block pieces. I've noticed it might have been a Harry Potter one. There probably was. There probably was. It's yeah. nice. It, it takes it. I think it adds to that community aspect that you're trying to push. Of this is interactive. This is fun and. It's not super serious. Yeah, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. <laughs> That's, that was one of the things I did want to ask. It, there's So reading both Danielle's and yours, Lauren, your blogs, there's definitely like similarities mm-hmm. in regards to kind of playfulness and some sarcasm. Yeah. But what would you say is Danielle's writing style um, and her characteristics and what do you think she would say about you and how to be right? It's really interesting because it, it also kind of, I think, pertains to what we're writing about because we can both take on a more, like, journalist, you know, persona. But for the most part, we try to be lighthearted and fun. I don't know. I think Danielle might be a little more, like, she wants to make sure every single, like, bit of information is, is you know, comes across well and, and all that stuff where I'm like, I just want people to read it and like it. Hence the gifs or the gifs. But I don't know. I think... It's, I think both of our styles have kind of like meshed together. Mm-hmm. 
uh, over the past year, if you just kind of like look back at our first pieces, I almost feel like they were very distinct. And then now like you can tell who's writing it, but it's a little more, you know, consistent, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There's definitely a tone or something that's different, but I couldn't quite grasp the the difference because there was just kind of some sarcasm and wittiness about all of them. So that was really nice. Yeah. In regards to, you were talking about some sneak peeks and things. Mm -hmm. Do cafes come to you and say, we'd love for you to do a piece about Um, this cafe we're opening? Or what's that process? I guess just walk us through the whole process in regards to, say, sneak peeks and then in general, how you choose to write about people. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Our very first sneak peek, which I think was just our second article, was Gray Street Coffee, um, which opened last August in Georgetown. And uh, I'm trying to think. I'm guessing that we reached out to them because, of course, they wouldn't know who we are at that point. And then we did the same thing with Commonwealth Joe when they opened in October. More recently, so Qualia opened its second location in Eckington, and Danielle was kind of on this, like, in-group email chain with them. So Joel there reached out and said, you know, if anyone wants to come by before the shop opens and check it out and do a little preview. Uh, so I like, took advantage of that real quick. Yeah. So we're still, we're still reaching out to people, but it's kind of fun because people are, people are so are like starting to like come to us and say, what do you think about this? Or can you help with this? I know this isn't like the sneak peek thing, but there is a woman named Mary who works for fair trade America um, who reads the blog and we're going to have a meetup soon so we can talk about what her, like what, what she does and what Africa faith and justice network does. And then also district of coffee. So like how all these things kind of come together. So, but like wouldn't have happened if she hadn't have read our blog. So it's cool. Just those kind of situations that just, you know, you meet different people that you never would have met before. Yeah. Yeah. What are some other situations like that where you, you random people or they'd say something on the blog or at an event. Yeah. Um, so I think like another random one was I went to a tasting at Wardman's Wines, uh, which is in Brooklyn. And they were doing kind of a, a coffee cocktail thing with Zeke's and uh, met someone there who's super into wine and we're hoping to meet up soon so that we can talk about our different passions uh, at the time, I was reading a book that she had just finished about wine, so I had like tons of questions for her. But it's just it's interesting because even though the the subjects are a little bit different, like the passion, you know, there is is similar. So just just different things like that are really nice and funny. You're like, okay, people are interested in, in knowing a little bit more about what we do and the scene in general. So yeah. And so, like, just passion in general about these things, whether it's wine or beer, uh, but for you all, the district of coffee, it, it's almost a side hustle, too. And so how do you balance that with, you know, your, your job? I mean, you're probably extremely busy with four people in the office. Yeah, right? it's hard because someone that we've talked to about blogging, her name is um, Ashley Hightower. She's actually from my hometown. She does Cobalt Chronicles. And so what is it? Cobalt Chronicles. It's kind of like a lifestyle blog, a lot of fashion stuff. So we we talked to her before we got started about like kind of what her routine was. And she gets up every morning at five o'clock. Oh man. Or five thirty. And I was just like, I I love my sleep too much. And then you know, you get home from work and you don't want to do anything. (laughs) 
So it has been like a little bit of a struggle just trying to figure out and also like different interviews as well. Because if you work a nine to five, you know, you can't like you either have to come in super early in the morning, like once I went over to Swings in Alexandria and did an interview at like seven AM or you have to do after work like we're doing right now. I'm so happy you were okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well and I'm like and it's easy to do weekends, but that's when people are often busy, mm-hmm. like coffee shops and stuff. So I have left work a couple times to like, like I went, I left the other day to go um, check out Small Plains, which is a new grocery. And, you know, was gone for about half an hour. And, you know, I have to like balance, you know, try to figure out, okay, I'm going to take a break at this time so I can make this happen. But I haven't mastered it at all yet. So. If anyone has any tips, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask you to give people tips. No. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we, Danielle and I, I mean, we, I've said it several times, so it's probably annoying at this point, but we're both very passionate about this and we want to make sure that, that this is happening, right? So if we weren't passionate about it, we would just kind of let it die. Yeah. So we are, you know, if that means waking up early one day to like get a piece out or, you know, making sure, you know, taking off work at an obscure time to go to an interview, like as long as everyone's work is getting done, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we still have that drive where we're willing to make those sacrifices if need be, except I'm just not going to wake up at 5 a.m. Yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah. To, yeah. But Ashley, you're great <laughs> for doing that. Cool. Cool. Cobalt Chronicles. Cool. Cobalt Chronicles. Yeah, like the color blue. There we go. I like the boat, Cobalt. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what's the breakdown of yours and Danielle's jobs within the blog? I'm assuming you do Instagram for the blog, or... We actually, we, we, I mean, we just kind of take turns. Everything was very scheduled out at first. I'm very much of a planner, and so... I'd have like blog pieces planned out for like three months, at least like mine, because we'd alternate. And then Danielle would only have for like the next two weeks. I'd be like, oh my gosh, what's, what's she going to write about? What's she going to do? But now we're, we're much more laid back, um, which was a conversation that we had to have. We we're like, this should be fun. We need to be more laid back about this. Yeah. But I think we each have different interest in things and, and you know we might hear about different things or different perspectives on things and so we just say hey we're going to write about this um so it's not like oh you're coffee education and i'm events or anything like that it's just kind of who's there who's convenient and who's interested mm-hmm. um and then we're just like okay i'm going to publish on this day and whoever publishes a piece does the instagram and, and so how's that changing with her being in alaska well she hasn't been able to write as much speaking to DC coffee. Um, but she still has several blogs in her. So be looking forward to that. But I don't know, like we, she moved away very fast and we didn't get to have a full conversation about it, but she is, I mean, she's the one who came up with this idea. So as long as she wants to be involved, like she can write whatever. I mean, even though we're, we're talking about DC coffee, she's done amazing pieces about like, how to brew coffee is, you know, it's one of our most read posts because she, she walks through like different ways of brewing coffee. Yeah. And that's something that you don't have to be in DC to do. And so she, like, she's not writing as much and I know she's been super busy with moving and settling in and all that stuff, but like she'll still be involved and yeah. still, yeah, have pieces coming out. She's just not going to be the one attending events or sink peaks. Yeah. 
Yeah. So tell Lauren about all your... Yes, tell me, please. So WordPress, well, I think your site's on WordPress. It's WordPress, yeah. Does that give you the opportunity to see where your audience is and where the leads come from? Yeah, yeah. Do you mind sharing some of that breakdown? Is it... 50% 50% BC and then you get some other people or what's it look like? I honestly, okay, I can't say about cities, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously most of our um, readers come from the United States. There's a fair amount from Russia huh. and I think India. Um, so it's, it's always like, I wonder how they came across right. this, but what I think we can do a better job of is like promoting articles in between articles Yeah. Um, because whenever we post something, you'll have a lot of readers the first couple days and then it died off and so if it's a little more consistent that would be great yeah but yeah it's really cool to look at the statistics and be like someone in Kyrgyzstan like is reading about water quality like how did this come to be <laughs> so yeah huh and so would you have you guys done Facebook ads or anything um, we've done a, a few not many because since we're not making money off of this, it's our it's our own dollars, and DC is expensive. That's true. Um, but we have done a little bit, and I think that that's good because again, like people just don't know about us, mm-hmm. and so the more people who can, you know, if you're just scrolling through and you're like, oh, I like coffee, I live in DC, yeah. what the heck? So yeah, it's probably something that we need to like use utilize a little bit more, but it'll come. Give it time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Once somebody out there. Search paying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's working for my my nonprofit that I'm working for, so maybe I need to put a little more effort into Facebook advertising. There you go. Take that risk. Fair. And then kind of jumping to your style of writing articles. Mm-hmm. Let's say you walk into, choose one of your favorite shops that's close to you. That's close to me? Yeah. Colony Club is the closest colony to me. Club. Yeah. Okay, so you're walking into the Colony Club and you're writing an article about the Colony Club. Mm-hmm. What are the first things you see and what are the things that you choose to write about if you're just doing a review on the space and, yeah. and in the coffee? Well, we don't really do reviews. So if I were to write about Colony Club, it would be something about, like something I've thought about that I haven't written yet is kind of a a neighborhood crawl of Georgia Avenue. Mm-hmm. So Danielle's done a couple pieces, one around Union Station, one around DuPont Circle, uh, where she featured different coffee shops in the area and like different things to do in between visiting these coffee shops. Yeah. So something I've thought about is doing one for Georgia Avenue, including Colony Club, and like what makes these shops unique. So for Colony Club, like they have a back patio, which is great, and like when it's warm outside, uh, they do live music. Upstairs, they have a ping pong table. So you can get go downstairs, get your study on, and then you know take a break and go play ping pong. So I try to think about like what makes this place different yeah. from somewhere else. Because yeah, you know people have different coffee preferences, but they might have different atmosphere. You know, I want a more laid back. I mean, okay, this this is a little more laid back, or you know the baristas here do X Y Z, or you know so. It just kind of depends, on, I guess, on like what angle we're looking at for mm-hmm. an article. But whatever, that angle has always something to do with what makes it unique. Yeah, yeah. That, it, I feel like it always comes down to like what makes us different. So when we've done, you know, roasters of the month, or if we do a sneak peek, like we want it, we want it to be clear that there's a reason. Otherwise, it'll all be Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah there's a reason that there's, you know, this coffee shop in there, they feel like something's missing or they feel like they can add this to it. 
So yeah, I want to kind of like hone in on that and make sure that that's highlighted. That's really, that's what makes it an amazing community too, is because we have that variety. Yeah, we do. It's, it's, it's awesome. I feel like I just can't hit them all up at once and coffee, it adds up. It does. Um, especially if you want like a good pour over. Like I love the uh, pour over of the geisha at La Cologne. Mm. Oh my gosh, but it's $7, so you know. So um, which one did you have? The... A couple just, months ago, or the new one that Iron Man gave Oh, no, I haven't had the new one, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Noted. So, I want to try out all these different shops, and I think that everyone has, every all of them have different ones to offer. And I think that's, you know, people are saying, okay, this thing is missing from a decent coffee scene, or I can offer this, and I think that's why it's just kind of booming, because people are realizing how great specialty coffee is. They're like, okay, this is one thing that we can, yeah. like, kind of hone in on, or... What are some of the other reasons that you think it's booming in D.C.? Because there was a very tangible growth around 2015. Yeah. So I left for a year and then I came back and I was was looking for coffee more, but there was also so much more to offer. Yeah. I I mean, I think part of it is there may have been like a couple that started kind of getting the ball going and, you know, like, oh, I didn't know that that was like a thing that people like were craving. Um, I think people want something different than Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. You know, I think that those do serve a purpose. Like, I still go to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I'm still a gold member. Not just a member. Yeah, I'm a gold member. (laughs) Like, they're big and Gouda sandwiches. I can live off those. I'll take them, too. Yeah. But I think that, like, you know, people were saying, oh, like, I think people are open to this. Like, in my hometown, I... I don't know if, you know, if you had five different specialty coffee shops, they probably wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't. Because people are like, I'm okay with my Starbucks, like, you know. But I think people in D.C., first, I mean, you have lots of different cultures coming together. So, like, you know, you have Colada Shop, which is Cuban-focused, and so people can either get a great Cuban coffee, or you have Harar Roastery, and they do Ethiopian coffee ceremonies, same as Cinemo, and just, so they're... You know, you have these different cultures coming together, which is great, a great experience. You know, people want coffee that might taste like home or taste like, you know, a trip they had taken in the past. But I think, you know, people in D.C. are, are open to different things. They need their coffee because they're always on the go. They're always working. That's a huge thing that has, has played a part in it, that people in D.C. are open-minded. They like the idea of, like, independent shops and local places and... Uh, we want to support local, but at the same time, we want good coffee and we need our caffeine. So, yeah. Oh, one of the things that I, I was interested in, and it may have gone better with the earlier conversation about when you were, you know, thinking about interviews or uniqueness, mm-hmm. but probably had some very good interviews. Yeah. Have you had any real, not bad interviews, but have you had some mishaps within your your interviewing or just the whole process? I can't think of anything in particular. I'm sure I've said something stupid in my interviews. Like, you know, just kind of going off on some kind of tangent. But for the most part, all the interviews have been great. Like, some people are a little more formal, like, question, answer, question, answer. And then some are a little more conversational, conversational like we're having right now. So, and and those are the ones that I really enjoy. um, Because you don't get to just know this person's perspective of coffee, but you also get to know the yeah. Um, which is really awesome. Like, I mean, we just have some really awesome people here in D.C. It's so incredible. Yeah. 
that's a that's an interesting distinction that you bring up because um, you know I've done a couple interviews already and and there are those people that really dive more into say some social issues around coffee mm-hmm. and how do you view or experience those social issues through coffee. I interviewed some managers and they were talking about homelessness and like that issue and also living aid, living wage, and then even humane treatment to animals because they have some animals that would get in their shop. So it's, it, it seems like that's, we have similar appreciation yeah. for coffee and that it, it pulls out social and human things. It really does. Like, I mean, some of the interviews that I've had, like different things have come out that you're like, I wasn't planning on talking about this, yeah. but like while we're here, um, let's do it. So and I think that goes back. I think you some of those conversations you wouldn't have anyplace else other than DC. But I like that people are very socially minded. They and that kind of goes into also like people want to know where the coffee's from. They want to make sure that they know like the people that are are roasting are not roasting but growing coffee and, and the farms like they're taken care of and that it's all you know done through ethical practices. And I like the fact that people in D.C. like make sure that they take an interest in that. Yeah. It is nice. And yeah. Do any of your articles really focus less on the coffee and more on social impact or? Not yet, but I want to do more of that. I've done a couple of articles that are like conflict in coffee. I talked about coffee during the American Revolution. I talked about coffee during the Civil War, which is fascinating. Um, coffee during World War II. So I've like picked like very like prominent you know, kind of conflicts. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also interested in like farmers in Brazil and like how, how they're treated. Like, I, th- I think like getting word out about that would be awesome. There was a coffee farmer in Hawaii that was recently deported and he's been here for decades and has a family and, you know, things like that. And you're like, and I'm, you're like, I'm going to support him and I want to support his family and his business. Like I would love that to share more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. However, we're also like trying to focus on DC, so I was trying to like balance that. But I, I love the idea of you know different shops thinking about homelessness and living wage and and how you know they can make an impact. Yeah. So I need to look more into that. Yeah, it's an yeah, for sure. We had some people who OD in their bathroom or they're they'll come in. So there's a homeless shelter right by the shop, and so it's like how do you balance? Yeah, for sure you can have water and. Please be next to our bathrooms because we also have customers right. and things like that. So it's yeah. Oh, I love. Is it Potter's House mm-hmm. um, that does they they um, you like can pay for a coffee ahead of time. Okay. You might want to check that. But I think you can pay for a coffee and then someone come in and get a free cup of coffee if they need it. I think which you're is right though. Really awesome. The literal pay it forward. Yeah, experience. absolutely. I mean, I think that that's. Potter's house is very socially aware, and I just I, I yeah I, I really dig that idea of you know I'm gonna spend four dollars for a cup of coffee I can give another dollar to like this cause yeah. and make sure that someone else enjoys a really good cup of coffee today because yeah. it's cold outside or um, so I I really dig that. There's DC has a nice kind of smattering that's not the right word but distribution of maybe not distribution but DC has. Uh, some cool establishments that are church focused or faith based mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with Ebenezer's and yeah. the house there may be more uh, okay. oh um, Dog Tag Bakery it's not necessarily faith based okay. but they focus in um, 
like they they want to work with veterans and military families, and they actually have a program in tandem with Georgetown um, that helps with continuing education, which is super awesome. They're really close to Grace Street, which is you know a little you know competition there. But you go maybe you go get coffee at Grace Street and then you pick up a croissant at Dog Tag. Make sure you're supporting both. But I love yeah. I think Dog Tag is great. Ebenezer's also coffee with a cause. It's like their their motto. Yeah, it is. So and they also they have very fun flavors there. Like I know some people are coffee purists and they only want like their coffee black. But I want to experiment with different like latte flavors and they just kind of like it runs the gamut. Like and it changes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they'll have a birthday cake latte, and then they'll have a cinnamon roll, and then they'll have a mint, whatever, you know, it's just, and it's fun. It's fun. So, and the people are always so nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, the last time I was there, I ended up giving somebody a number of a friend to apply for a job, and he was just in for the weekend, and like, they at least interviewed him. I can't remember if he got it. Oh, that's so nice. They just sat down and we started talking, so I didn't say it's the yeah. best. It really is. It's great. I also noticed that too. Of you walk in and initially I was like, "Whoa, you're gonna put that in coffee?" Yeah. Like, hey, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I don't know anyone who doesn't go to these shops because, like, oh, I'm not a Christian, so I'm not gonna yeah. support Ebenezer's. Like, because I think the work that they do or like how they use that money is is for the progression of like just human beings. It's no, not people. like for certain, yeah. yeah. And also, like, you know. That's one of the places where you feel very much like at home. Like you can settle in very easily. You don't think people are judging you because you mm-hmm. didn't get your coffee. Like you've like used milk in your coffee or yeah. you know anything like that. So huh. uh, yeah. yeah, that's very important. That especially in this day and age, mm-hmm. like religious institutions or politically correctness, to find a place that is home and is also able to support causes. You yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Okay, so. What do you think? What question should I ask next? You had a question about latte art. I was just looking at it. Yeah. How important is latte art? Latte art is important. And let me tell you why. Please do. It seems, (laughs) you guys can't see this, but she is very passionate. Yes. It's, and it's not the end all be all. If you don't do latte art, that's fine. Like when I go home and go to the specialty coffee shop at home, maybe some of them know how to do it. But last time I was a little disappointed that the person couldn't do it, but then it was great latte. So that's, I think, what's most important. Mm-hmm. But with latte art, it shows like it shows the customer like this cup was made especially for you. Yeah. I did this just for you. It's easy to, and that's why I love what I love about like pour overs as well. Like this cup was created for your consent, like not just yeah. any any old anyone. Like just the care that goes into it. Um, it doesn't affect you know taste or anything like that. And it's also good for, like, marketing. It's true. It's super Instagrammable. Somebody I know would take an Instagram for that. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, like, before I can have a bite, a sip, anything, like, I have to take a, you know, an aerial shot of this. But, yeah, I think it is important because I think it shows you that that cup was made for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. But, what? again, quality is important. So if it's a crap coffee with latte art, I'd rather have a good coffee and Does no latte count. art. Yeah, exactly. It it all off the stage. Yes. No, you may have experienced this as a barista as well, but I was really bad for a while, and then I started getting all right. People would take pictures of it, and it was like, the, oh, wow. I, that was my blue star of the day or my gold star of the day. Well, we didn't have much latte art 
um, around Valentine's Day. They did launch my carts. But that was whenever the flat white came out and the Starbucks flat white. Not the real flat white, the Starbucks, I need to clarify. But the thing was, if you made like a perfect dot in the middle of the coffee, and you know, every now and then, like people would, you know, be like, oh my God, this is, this is just like the picture. It's so beautiful. I must take, and I mean, hindsight, I'm like, it's just a dot. <laughs> Um, but at the time, you like you feel like you're like I I did something good today, <laughs> you know. Check. <laughs> yeah, I've never done real like intense latte art. I took a class at Peregrine once, and I thought I would be really good just because I already knew how to steam milk. Mm-hmm. But there's much more that goes into it than yeah. that. So props to everyone who can actually do it. Yeah, there is a lot. And so I'm just gonna kind of give you the mic right now. And oh, is, shoot. is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to talk about or anything that you just want to say about Distro Coffee or the DC coffee scene or Africa. <laughs> I think for District of Coffee, something that, that I personally want to, to do moving forward is having more guest writers. We recently had um, Susanna who runs um, Melee's Cafe so DC. Cool. Yeah, isn't that awesome? That's so cool. Um, and it's like a, it's a nationwide thing. Like you, you are part of a Wheelie's franchise, but then you oh, use really? the local coffee. So like they use like vigilante and swings. I think they use vigilante, but like swings and Zeke's and they like, you know, just like, you know, not abandon their lives, but they like decide to start all over, you know, and because they were passionate about this one thing. And then we had, um, candy from uh, Southeastern Roastery who also had just this weird kind of trajectory into the coffee business. And I love the idea of like people sharing their own stories. Yeah. I mean, we can share them and they can be awesome, but like it's different also coming from that person. Mm-hmm. So I want a little bit more of that. And I, I want just like, you know, if, if people, if someone's very passionate about like Baltimore coffee, we've also had um, someone like write about different uh, spots there that, I mean, we can't really speak to because that's not our scene. Mm-hmm. So we want more involvement and interaction. Yeah, more comments and wanting to know, like, what do people want to see? Do you want to see more events? Do you want to know more about, like, just the beverage itself? So, yeah, just hoping that people continue reading it and and start getting involved. And if anyone wants to to write a guest blog, I will have the final say. But you can reach out, uh, and we would love we would love the opportunity just to to meet new people and and see what they love about coffee and the DC coffee scene. So that's perfect. Um, in ways to get involved, you can go to the District of Coffee website. Yes, and you can contact you there. You can go to Instagram account. Yes, Twitter account. Yes, we have Facebook Twitter account. Facebook. Yeah. Anything else? Any other way for people to engage? You can also reach out to either Daniel or I on Instagram on our other accounts. So mine would be Caffeinate the Capital, and hers is double dotted. And so if you already follow one of us there, like that's an easy way to reach out. And I feel like a lot of my kind of like connections have come from Caffeinate the Capital, but Caffeinate the Capital, I'm not so concerned about storytelling. Mm-hmm. I just want to share pictures yeah. that are pretty, hopefully. Because that's what gets likes, right? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the only share um, but, but District Coffee, we want, want to do more storytelling and we want to spread information. But it's nice to have this kind of caffeinated capital that 
what might lead to something happening on District of Coffee. If that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. So you can reach out to either. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And then, so with every person that I interview, we do a speed round. Shoot. So the way that this works is I'll say something, and you'll have to say the first thought that comes to your mind. Can you give me an example? For example, if I say Frisbee, somebody could say golf. Okay, so it's not coffee. It's not necessarily coffee related. Oh, it's going to be coffee related. Oh, okay. Put it in out there. You're about to learn how much, how little I know about coffee. Uh, but it, you know, it could be something like spot. mug. Okay. All right. Let's get. We'll start out with mug. District, because district of mugs. We wrote about them for the blog, and it's an awesome organization who's working with um, homeless people are formerly homeless to create mugs. That's really cool. I did not read that article. So thank you. Yeah. I I just reminded me of like, you were talking about social issues, but we wrote about district mugs. So our district mugs. So I can't tell you how many notes I've taken through this to look up things. Uh, sorry. District of mugs. Or yeah. District mugs. I think they've been around for a year. They're awesome. Goats. Dancing. Uh, beans. Jumping. (laughs) Uh, barista. Life. Susanna. Winters. That's my last name. Uh, okay. Thank you for clarification. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danielle. Kind. Coffee. Love. District of coffee. Exciting. Community. Togetherness. Provision for Uh, intimidating? <laughs> Why is it intimidating? Well, it's intimidating just to, like, think about... Like having to do it myself. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, latte art. Awesome. Awesome. Those are all the questions that I have. Sweet. That was awesome. Cool. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to stay up to date on what Lauren Rogers is doing with coffee, check out districtofcoffee.com or Caffeinate the Capital on Instagram. If you want to stay involved with Drip, a DC coffee podcast, Subscribe at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DripDCPodcast. Check us out at DCDripPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and keep growing community. <laughs>